Welcome to She Has a Goal in Mind, brought to you each week by Darcy Morris and Gabriella Dukes. This week's guest is Welsh sports reporter and presenter Shauna Davin. She tells us about her experience of working at Swansea City FC, how speaking Welsh has given her many opportunities in the sport broadcast industry, and why you shouldn't compare your journey in life to anyone else's. We hope you enjoy listening, and don't forget to like, subscribe, and follow us on social media at A Goal in Mind Podcast. Hello. Hi girls, you okay? Good, thank you. Are you alright? I'm really good, thanks. All good. So I'm Darcy, hello. <laughs> nice to meet you, Darcy. You okay? Nice to meet you too. We're absolutely delighted to have you on as one of our inspirational and influential women. And we're even more pleased to learn that you've actually been listening to our podcast. So we were really excited about that and we hope you've enjoyed listening so far. And we just want to know a bit more about your background and where you've come from. No, thanks. That's really sweet of you. Thanks so much for, for having me on. I ha- I've loved listening to them. They've been, um, yeah, it's a really good and clever idea, I think, to have um, not just, so you started with Lauren, but then you've had Mika on, you've had Sarah on. So it's good, like good balance of athletes and, and different kinds of, of, of women on. Oh gosh, I think it's a funny one because I'm, I think the three of us are sort of around the same age. It wasn't that long ago that I was in exactly the same position as you two on the the sport broadcast course at Cardiff Met so yeah I've been working full-time in the industry for about two years now so so not that long but I guess if, if we go back did my undergrad at Bangor University and then wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do work-wise and then someone sort of word of mouth told me oh there's a new course starting at Cardiff Met a new sports broadcast masters at that point I thought I was done with university I was like I don't want to write another essay like in my life um but then had a chat with Joe Towns the course the course leader and yeah no it was pretty much um, a no-brainer really and hands down one of the best decisions I made and I'm sure you girls like will agree it's it's a fantastic course and then throughout studying for my master's, I worked, did various bits first, Swansea City and then media department, finished my master's and then went freelance basically. And I've done a bit of everything. I do like presenting and reporting is, the, you know, the thing that I do enjoy the most. And, you know, I absolutely love doing it. You know, I've worked as a researcher on programs. I've worked in um, like marketing and comms departments for Sport Wales, for example, and, and do bits for them. So, yeah, that's kind of it. Really, because I haven't been doing it for that long. I don't have any sort of really dramatic story. I'm still very much like at the start. But um, yeah, that's that's pretty much me. You mentioned you went to Bangor University first. So obviously that wasn't sport related. And we know that you're clearly a huge football fan as well. So has it always been your dream to work in football and in the sport industry? I think I was around 18, 19 when I thought... Actually, do you know what? I love watching football. I love talking about football. Can I try and get paid for doing that, basically? Um, so I went and studied Welsh um, at Bangor University because I think sixth one's really difficult or college or wherever you are. Like you, you have no idea what you want. If you're, if you know what you want to do at 17, 18 years old, then like you're really lucky. But I just didn't know what to do. Thought I wanted to like well, maybe do some acting or maybe you know, do something in the media. It was at that point I started reading a lot of like football autobiographies and um, started like really properly consuming football media like I'd go and buy the papers every Sunday and stuff and I think my uni housemates thought it was a bit weird because there I was doing it with like my big Sunday times and they'd be like you're right but um yeah and that's when I thought 
yeah it's definitely something I'd want to do as a career I think growing up as well subconsciously sport and sport media was always there my dad worked um at the BBC sports department for years and years worked at the sports department at S4C my godfather was a, a pundit for for the BBC and stuff so it's it's always kind of been there in the background but it probably yeah it was sort of first year of uni is when I thought yeah I'm gonna give yeah. this a go it's funny you mentioned your dad working in the media industry because I actually read an article and you said that kind of the seed was sown at a young age so like you mentioned your father and your godfather do they look at you now and are they proud to see you as a female working in the industry I think they do I I hope they do you know me me and my dad are are quite close he's really good at at giving me advice and you know sort of guiding me if you like especially because like I mentioned I've only been doing this for like two years so it has been really really helpful having someone who knows the industry so well to give me advice I don't always take it but um I hope he's proud of me I think it's a tricky one because a lot of people know my dad people who work in the industry and then when I work with people I always get oh how's your dad which is great but then I'm always a bit conscious I don't want people to think I'm doing this work or I got that work because of my dad and I think that's something that I try really hard to prove to people I think um saying that in this type of industry I mean you have to know your your stuff and I see um a lot of people you know for example when you look at female sports presenters a lot of them their dads or their uncles were footballers you've got Gabby Logan you've got Kelly Cates, who's with Kenny Dalgleish and everything. And people tend to play that, oh, she's only there because of her dad or, you know, as in she wouldn't have got that job if, if it wasn't for that. But, oh my gosh, this industry is so hard and you really have to know your stuff. And there's no way that someone will give you work if you don't know your stuff inside out. It's really, really difficult. I look at Kelly Cates and people are like, oh, would she have got there if it wasn't for who her, who her dad was? And I'm like, it's bloody difficult to do that job. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter if your dad is Ronaldo or whatever. It doesn't mean that you're going to be a good sports broadcaster. So yeah, I think that's something really important to keep in mind. And that's something I am a bit conscious of, but hopefully I've kind of proved to people that I do sort of know what I'm talking about. No, definitely. I think you. it's clear that you know your stuff. Yeah a big Swansea City fan aren't you so you mentioned that you started off working at Swansea City so how was that experience for you being such a big fan and being around you know all the players and things so how was working there for you? Yeah do you know what it was a really really fun couple of years I started off probably a bit annoying I would like email them all the time being like oh can I come in and do some work experience and you know just come in and oh, can I sit in on a press conference and then I was really lucky a woman called Kerry Barnett I met at one of the press conferences and she invited me back because her crew and a woman called Fran Donovan who's a presenter would do the PLP interviews for when they were in the Premier League and they were amazing so they'd I'd sort of tag along every Thursday to the press conferences and sit in on, on the interviews and that was invaluable and then Jonathan Wilshire was in the media department just kind of saw me turning up every Thursday and then I got to know him and it just sort of snowballed from there really they got me in at the start to do uh, bits for their women's team so I'd go and film the women's games on a Sunday and then edit like a little highlights package and then that would go out and then that started that developed then when our last season in the Premier League they asked me at this point I was still studying for my master's but at this point they asked me if I wanted to start doing Facebook live hits for them pitch side on match days because that's when Facebook live was turning into a into a big thing and that was amazing you know it was it was a tough season on the pitch we got relegated that year so you know things really weren't going well but personally I was like oh my god I'm loving life and being um 
you know, in the tunnel on match days and you'd have like Jürgen Klopp walk past you or Arsene Wenger walk past you. And it was like, yeah, this is like really, really cool. And I, again, I was really fortunate that, you know, I was paid to do it. It, it. it was work, even though I was still technically in university. It was amazing. And then after that year, we got relegated and a football club's not a nice place to be when that happens it's really tough you've got people losing their jobs morale is really really low so that's probably one of the downsides of working you know for a team like like Swansea it's different if you're working for a a Liverpool or a Man City where you know they're never going to experience anything like that so that was tough Um, but the good thing about one of the positives about getting relegated to the championship was that Swansea now had the option to broadcast the games themselves so they decided then to create Swans TV Live where we'd broadcast and show the games mainly to an international audience because of broadcast rights Um, very rarely can you broadcast it in the UK that's different now because of COVID, but at the time it would only be for international fans. And they asked me if I wanted to present it. And of course I said, yes. So we had a little studio and we'd have, you know, former players in as pundits and stuff. And it was a, like a proper, proper show. And the fact that the club had never ever done anything like that before, it was the first time in their history that they ventured into something like that and that they trusted me to kind of lead it and, and be the face of it if you like um was amazing and we had a, re- a really small team of people but a really good team of people and that was amazing and I did that up until last summer then so I spent two years with them and fortunately Covid got in the way and sadly things didn't end the way I would have liked them to but looking back I think yeah seven-year-old Sean Ed would have been like really impressed (laughs) (laughs) do you feel like the course that you did the masters in sports broadcast helped you get there definitely yeah I remember having a chat with Jonathan Wilshire who was the um, head of media at the club at the time we had a conversation and he said oh I've heard you're you're doing this masters and I think yeah that was it then I think that was an incentive for him to um to start offering me work with the club because they knew they knew what I was doing they knew that I was you know keen to learn and that was the field um that I wanted to go into and that I was studying so hands down like I mentioned at the start the masters opened so many doors for me as well I think it helped me get there quicker if you like, I think had I not done the masters and had I just gone straight into looking for work as a freelancer, I think it would have taken me much, much longer had I not done the masters. Because as well, what's great about the course is that I was lucky I was able to sort of work alongside it. I know it's a full on course, but I'd do, I think like Thursdays, Fridays and Saturdays at the Swans, I think. And then I'd be at Cardiff Met Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So I think I was a bit of a nightmare for short times because he'd asked me to do I was like oh my god sorry I can't I'm not I'm not available (laughs) and yeah hands down it it definitely helped me bearing in mind this is I was on the very first year of the course so there was a lot of trial and error I think there was a lot of not that we didn't know what we were doing at all like the course was so well planned out but it was the first year so obviously it was new to everyone it was new to the lecturers and and everyone as well so I think by now it's got a really really good name for itself in the industry whenever you meet people who work in the industry and you know, you say, oh, I did, I used to call it the Joe Times course. I've stopped calling it that. <laughs> but I was like, oh, I, you know, to Cardiff, people are like, oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 
as the years go on, I think the course has made a really, really good name for itself. It's lovely to see that someone who has been there and done what we are in, currently in the middle of doing and to see you doing so well after it as well. It's very encouraging for us too as well to see you because you, you've done a lot, like you mentioned, you're not only doing presenting, you're doing everything behind the scenes as well. So what has been your favourite part of the job so far? Ooh, um, in general, I love that every day is different. Being freelance is tough especially like with the last 12 months it's like yeah there have been a good few cries and a few mental breakdowns but like we're fine it's you know I'm kind of weathering the storm but I love the variety I love that no day is the same in in terms of what I've done being able to travel like with my work has just been amazing I haven't done a lot of it but when I have in my brain I've been like okay this makes me really happy I want to make sure going forward in my career that this is something that I can do as a part of the Masters I went out to the Gold Coast at the Commonwealth Games to work in the Team Wales media department I remember I didn't want to do it because I thought oh no it's way out of my comfort zone I don't know enough about the other sports I think that's one one flaw I might have is I'm very football heavy and I thought oh my god I know nothing about squash gymnastics swimming I was like I, I know nothing about these sports and Joe Towns was like will you just do it it's an amazing opportunity they need a Welsh speaker like just go and I'm so glad he sort of told me Sean I'd get a grip and, and just do it because I spent a month out in Australia in the Gold Coast at the Commonwealth Games and it was really intense but I think I slept for a week when I came back but oh my gosh looking back it's like one of the best things I've ever ever done with Scaria I went out to Belgium to interview James Lawrence so spent like three days in Brussels just filming in the snow at, you know went to Anderlecht which is a really historic you know famous European club so the travel obviously not right now because everything that's happening with COVID, but the travel can be the the best part. And as well, just meeting people. I think I'm quite nosy. I like having a chat with people. So when those people are Gareth Bale or like Ryan Giggs, you know, there are days where I get paid to sit there and chat with Gareth Bale for 10 minutes is pretty cool. There's worse ways to, to make a living for sure. Apart from the Gold Coast Commonwealth Games, do you think the Welsh language has helped you in your job anyway? Definitely. And this is something like I feel really passionate about. I get, um, I'm, you know, I come from a Welsh speaking family. I do everything in Welsh, basically, because that, that was the way I was brought up. And I often get asked by my old school to kind of go back, you know, talk to students and stuff. And that's one thing I always tell them. I think especially in an area like Swansea and South Wales in general, people tend to think of speaking Welsh as like something you only do in school. And I tell them, trust me, once you finish university, once you're looking for work, not even in this industry, like in any industry, if you can speak two languages, you will get more work, you will earn more money, you will have more opportunities. And it's something that I'm just so, so glad that I have the skill to do it. I think sometimes going back to what I was saying at the start about having a dad who's kind of by the way my dad's not like really famous but like behind the scenes people are probably listening like who's a dad <laughs> going back to people just assuming oh that's why you're there I remember chatting with someone once and I was talking about because I'm lucky I go and do some presenting and reporting for Scaria every now and then which I love doing which is the Welsh language fo- football show and someone said this person didn't mean this in a mean way at all but he said oh but you're really lucky because you speak Welsh sort of implying or like that you know that's why you're doing it sort of thing but I just thought this is such a difficult job to do and there's no way that 
Scaria would trust me and put me on camera and or BBC Radio Cymru would trust me and put me on air if I didn't absolutely know what I was talking about. So I think I am lucky because if you speak two languages, like I said, naturally you will get more opportunities and it has been a massive help, but it just goes back to like, you have to really know what you're talking about and you have to be so thorough in how you prepare and you basically like you just have to know everything basically but yeah go, going back to your question it's a game changer and I also love doing stuff in Welsh I know I know where you're coming from because I speak Welsh and throughout school everyone was we had that same sort of mindset thinking oh well you know we just speak in in I don't come from a Welsh speaking family so mm. it was only ever in school that I spoke it and then it wasn't until I left school that I realized how important it was for me and it gave me so many opportunities and especially now doing the course people have contacted me to do different media opportunities because I speak Welsh um yeah it's definitely I'm, I'm so grateful that my mother yeah, made the decision yeah. to put me in mm-hmm. into a Welsh school and I've got that language because I've definitely seen the benefits of it so yeah. far I wish I could speak Welsh I really want to learn yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <we'll teach> you. <laughs> you should I'm trying well my lockdown goal was to start learning Spanish but that's not really going that well so I've heard if you speak two languages anyway your brain's kind of it can take on new languages easier but I, I don't know don't listen to me I'm not saying this I don't know if that's true <laughs> <laughs> something I also wanted to know is how passionate are you about getting more women to be involved in in sport and in the industry yeah no massively I mean if I go back to my time at the Swans I had two women Kerry Barnett and Fran Donovan who were just amazing they took me under their wing I think I'll never forget the first press conference I went to at Swansea everyone was male everyone was white everyone was middle-aged which like it's fine they're all lovely people but I remember being like oh my god I'm a I was only 17, 18, I think at the time, 18 maybe. And I remember vividly having that feeling of, oh my God, I'm a really young woman in this room. In the corner, I saw Carrie and Fran and I didn't know them. But naturally as a woman, you you gravitate towards other women in the room. And you know, I just got chatting with them and you know, they said, well, you know, come back next week. You can see how we do sort of the TV and interview side of things. So if it, like, if it wasn't for those two women, I don't know what I'd be doing. It was a small moment, but a moment that I think definitely shaped me. And it was really comforting as well to have older women look after me and say, come with us type of thing, which which, which was massive. And I think that's something I always try and keep in mind. It can be hard because I think naturally women are programmed to see each other as, as competition. You know, sometimes you think, oh, she's better than me or, oh, you know, she, why has she got that job? And which I try not to think like that because I think that, you know, that can be unhealthy. But every now and then you you can't help but feel like that. I think especially, God, with Instagram and, you know, I think I follow every single football, female football presenter on Instagram. And most of the time I find it really motivating and really inspiring. And then sometimes like if I'm having a bad day and I'm like, oh, why is she doing that? And I'm not. Or oh, like she's doing really well and I don't feel like I'm, do- I'm doing very well. So I think it's important that we not, that we don't see each other as competition and that, you know, there's enough room for all of us in this industry. And I think it's definitely the case of if we can't stick up for each other or if we can't support each other, then who the hell is going to support us, if you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's so true. You mentioned quite a few big names previously that you've interviewed and got to chat to, like Gareth Bale. So who has been your favourite person to interview in your career so far? Oh, I've never been asked that question before. Oh, who's been my favourite person? Do you know what? She's not a 
football person, but I interviewed Lauren Price, the boxer, when I was out in Australia. And it was after that Super Saturday day for Wales and the boxers just won everything. And going back to what I was saying in terms of sports, I knew nothing about boxing was one of those sports. I like watching it, but I didn't really know the rules or and how it all worked. And that was one of the sports that I was sort of assigned to. So I spent a lot of time in that little arena out in the Gold Coast. And after Lauren Price won her medal, I just said, it was really short. It was only like two minutes because you had every, like BBC Network wanted her, like everyone wanted her for an interview. And I interviewed her really quickly and oh my gosh, she's so cool. And she was just like, she's pro- like, she's proper hard. She wouldn't want, wouldn't want to mess with her. But I just remember that moment. I was like, this is probably the funnest interview I've, I've ever done. It was like the biggest moment of her career, but she was so down to earth and she was so just like, yeah, like this is really cool. So that's one moment. There are loads of people. James Lawrence was the the Wales defender. He was another one going back to that Belgium trip. He's really down to earth and like he just made us feel so welcome. And you know, we were just sat there kind of chatting. I think that's my favorite people to interview with the people who let you see sort of their human side, if you know what I mean. Yeah, and that let their guard down a little bit. Like that moment with Lauren, you could tell she was just like, what is going on? What advice would you give to people who want to work in the industry? I know, obviously, you've been working a couple of years now and you've had different experiences and you've travelled. How would you say that you get there, apart from doing the Masters and apart from having passion for the sport? What do you need? I'd say do a bit of everything and get experience doing a bit of everything. I think it's really easy to pinpoint what you want to do So one of my main goals is to be a presenter and to hopefully one day just be able to do that full time because that is the thing that I absolutely love doing every day. If that's all you're focused on and all you want to do is presenting, you're going to find it really difficult because I think to do a job like a presenter, you need to know how everything else works. You need to be a researcher or a junior assistant producer or a runner, for example, I think the best presenters, I remember listening to an interview with Laura Woods, and she said the reason she's able to do her job so well is because she knows how every single role behind the camera works. And I think that's something really, really important to bear in mind, especially when you're young and you're starting out and you know, you've just done a degree or, or a master's or something. I think it's dangerous to be like, okay, I'm going to go and be on TV now. You have to do the really, really kind of not very nice jobs and you know you might feel okay I'm being underpaid or I'm not really enjoying this but you have you have to do it and that's that's the reality really as well and this is something that I'm trying to do is learn more about more sports I remember I do bits for the for the BBC for BBC Wales every now and then and I remember having a chat with um, someone who's quite high up in the department they know I a lot of people know I'm football and if Radio Wales or Radio Cymru asked me to come on it's always about football they're not going to ask me about taekwondo because I guess you know I am this, the kind of football girl but someone told me you know you have to have knowledge of every sport not a lot of knowledge but BBC a couple of years ago sent me to a Dragons uh, press conference and you know I like rugby I watch it but my I don't have the same knowledge as I do with football and I had to just 
prep for that press conference, know what I was talking about. So yeah, that's another thing. I think try and have a wide range of knowledge about different sports. What would you say are your goals now for the rest of 2021? Get work, because I joke about it in the grand scheme of things. I have been very, very lucky work-wise during the pandemic. I think the next big thing for me is commentary. And that's something that scares me so much. I remember going on the pre-season tour with Swansea and that's when we started to live stream games and stuff and they asked me oh do you want to commentate on some of the games I was like 18 I I had no idea what I was doing I was shit scared I was just like yeah fine no worries it was terrible it was awful fair play they took a punt on me but I kind of felt like I should never have been put in that position like I was 21 and I was just like I had no idea what I was doing and then I remember for that tour I was running the social media accounts for the club as well and every single day there'd just be people sending in tweets like who's this woman get her off one woman would tweet me every day like oh thanks to you I have to watch the game on mute so I was just like which is horrible so since then I think commentary has kind of scarred me a little bit and I was like but I know for my career like if I can if I can have that as a skill especially again going back to speaking Welsh I don't think there are any Welsh speaking female football commentators so if I could become that I know that would be like the best thing for me so I think that's the next goal that I want to aim towards even though you can hear my voice even though it still makes me like yeah Scaria and BBC Cymru have you know I've had casual conversations with them about you know starting to get me doing some commentary and stuff so yeah that's that's the the next thing but yeah it does it does scare me but I know it'll be good for me so I I have to get over that fear just to finish off then I know you've listened to the podcast you may already know that we ask a couple of questions at the end to just know a little bit more about you so the first question is can you tell us something about yourself that not many other people would know. Bit of a random one, but when I was a teenager, Gabby, you probably know this, I always did drama, thought I wanted to be an actress. Literally, yeah, I spent my entire childhood doing drama and doing theatre. And I have a small part in the series Hinterland that was on um, BBC and SLC. I played the main detective's daughter. I, I was 14, 15, I think, because it's on Netflix. And um, sometimes I get like Swans fans sort of know my face tweet me like is this you <laughs> and then you're like 14 year old Shauna and I remember that's always my um my interesting facts about me I'm like I'm on Netflix <laughs> for, for five minutes so if you could have one superpower what would it be and why it would be going back to languages probably to speak like every language in the world because I think that would be very handy to just travel everywhere and be able to speak with everyone no matter where you are oh, that's a good one yeah ear drop on people's conversations and the last one what is your favorite quote if we're talking about work I really like um don't compare your chapter one to someone else's chapter 20 and that's something I like to keep in mind going back to um I was talking about sort of Instagram and social media and you know, you fall into the trap of constantly comparing yourself and your progress to other people. But, you know, just remember, like, you only ever see people's highlights reels. And, like, n- nobody posts their bad days and, you know, their, when they missed out on a job opportunity or when they didn't get the gig and, and all that. So I think that's something to bear in mind. And, you know, you only see the good things. So 
even though it might seem that someone, I don't know, the same age as you or someone that you aspire to be like is thriving in life and doing really well. And you might feel like, oh, I'm never going to get there. Bearing in mind that person is like years ahead of you. You know, I always oh, look at Kelly Summers, the BBC Sports presenter, is someone I thought I've literally followed her career for years. I remember following her on Instagram when she only had like a couple thousand followers because I liked her because she, similar to me, started off at a club. She started off um, at Bournemouth. And so I sort of not modeled myself after her, but thought, okay, well, she did that. Then she moved on to this and now she's doing this. So maybe I can follow a similar thing and which can be handy because, you know, at least you've sort of got some sort of model to, to work with. But I think, yeah, you can't compare your beginning to someone's, you know, the middle, you know, she's in her thirties by now. So it's like, yeah, that's something I, I really like to keep in mind because it's hard, especially like we're all similar age. I think it can be really difficult and you can feel like, oh, I'm not doing well enough or I need to do more and give yourself a break. Like you're all like, we're all doing fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's all good. No, that's definitely a good one. And yeah, like you said, it's sometimes it's, it's hard to not compare yourself to, to everyone else who's in the industry, isn't it? I find myself doing it, going on Instagram, like you said. So that's definitely a nice quote to keep in mind. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard because like I said, I use Instagram. I think it's great and it can be really motivating and, and useful. But yeah, I think bear in mind, you know, you only ever see the good bits on Instagram. And that's, yeah, something I like to bear in mind all, all the time, because it can be really easy to feel like you're never good enough or that, you know, everyone else is miles better than you, but nah, we're all good. Every, yeah, everyone's story is so different and nobody's path is the same, which sounds really cheesy, but like, but it's true. What worked for one person in their career might not work for you. And I'm a firm believer in that, like everything happens and unfolds for a reason and, and the way it should brilliant thank you thank you so much for coming on it's been so lovely to chat to you and to hear your story good luck with the course and everything i know you love it and you'll smash it so i'm kind of i'm jealous i i'd honestly i'd honestly go back and do it again so i enjoy it Thank you so much for listening to episode four of She Has a Goal in Mind. Remember, if you did enjoy the episode, please like, subscribe and follow us on social media at A Goal in Mind Podcast.